think I was overlooked. I think they turned their back on me, um, but I overcame again, and I think that's maybe why I operate best. I've been overlooked my whole life, uh, coming out of UMass and Mayfield, everything, um, and that motivates me. And um, but I know my purpose is is my, my purpose that God gave me is to inspire these kids that look up to me and my family. And um, so when I go out there, I really remember that, and that motivates me to go hard every play, even when I'm tired, even when I don't want to show up. I know I have a greater purpose. Sandy Isabella, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. That was after his big game on Saturday, the preseason finale, the loss to the uh, Tennessee Titans. But uh, I want to just play the first couple seconds of that again. Um, you know, he, he, Andy Isabella made a comment about, "Hey, this is not going to be. They, they can't break me." Mm-hmm. So he was asked to clarify that, and here's what he said: "I think I was overlooked. I think they turned their back on me." That's um. Those are pretty strong words. The uh, the whole interview was fascinating to me that Paul Calvisi conducted with Andy Isabella because it, Andy Isabella's got no love for the Cardinals. You can tell, and he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of anger. He's got a lot of stuff in him about opportunities he doesn't think have been provided for him here, which I find to be fascinating. Right. Because I think we've seen we've seen the the holes in his game that he's had to kind of fill on the fly here. I I don't know, because even when even when he was asked by Paul Calvisi, how do you think it went out there? His answer was, oh, it was amazing. That's what I bring to the football field when 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 they let me play. Mm hmm. (laughs) To be fair, last year, as even as wide receivers kept going down, they continued to keep him inactive. And even in real time, we were saying, like, boy, he must re- that's really true. be struggling. That, that's that. a great point. Yeah, They're not a, even giving him a chance. That's a great point. We did have those conversations. That's exactly right. I mean, he played in eight games last year. He was targeted once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and rip on Andy Isabella for having that attitude. I think that attitude is very healthy for a professional athlete, yeah. especially one on the fringe of being out of the league should have. But I I can't necessarily subscribe to the they kept me down mm-hmm. like it was a personal thing. Yeah. The Arizona Cardinals expended a second-round draft pick on Andy Isabella. He's got 4-2 speed. You don't think they wanted to play him? Well, of course, and th- that is the thing here, and th- that's why I find his anger so amazing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, and, and the self-glossing I found amazing. Do we happen to have that the interview in its in its entirety? Uh, is it too long to play? I think it would. I think it would give the context. Of, I, I think we need to give the story because it, it was kind of surprising. It almost sounded like a guy who wants to be traded. Who, who doesn't want to be here unless he gets the opportunity. Yeah, we do have it in okay. its entirety if I, you want it. Yeah, I'd love to. No, it's too long to play. Is it too long? We have the other quotes Other quotes from the okay. interview, though. Okay. Which one do you want to hear? <laughs> Here's uh, how he felt about his performance on Saturday. Amazing. It was a great performance, and uh, that's what I do when I go out there and play. Mm. Okay, so that right there, you're like, whoa. Uh, for a guy that's contributed so infrequently, he how many passes did he catch last year? One. One reception. So for a guy who had one reception, that response is a little over the top, isn't it? One reception. That's what I do. <laughs> that's well, what I pray. It is, that's even what though, you're going to get from me. <laughs> you're right, though. Even though it's a short response, just the tone, even in the word amazing, you could, you could some, sense some something. Indi- it was sharp. Indignation. Yeah, yeah. right. 
A little bite. A little uh, bite to him. Another question in that interview. Okay. Does he see himself making the final 53? Sure, I want to play, so whoever's going to play me, um, I hope that's where I go. If it's here, if they're going to give me reps, then um, I'm happy to be here and happy to make plays, happy to impact, uh, make an impact for this team. Um, so I hope uh, that's the case. I love Arizona, and we're going to see what happens. It's interesting. So he obviously has got a grudge against the team, and, uh, and I'm, ha- I'm having a hard time buying it like you. I'm having a hard time understanding the, the mentality he thinks the Cardinals sat on him, kept him down. Look, there have been a lot of holes in that man's game. You might doubt this, but the Arizona Cardinals, as an organization, their job is to try to win football <laughs> yeah. games. Uh-huh. I believe they're going to do their best to put the players on the field that they feel are going to help them accomplish right. that. Put right. players in a, a position to be successful. My favorite uh, saying in all the sports. I, I maybe this is just a, a renewed fire um, that he needs to have at this yeah. point in his career. Well, uh, I, and look, I want. I think he earned a spot on this roster. I think he was their best player, arguably, in the preseason. And what he did on a consistent basis was make plays and make it difficult on the defense by running past defensive backs and drawing flags. I mean, how many yards and flags did he draw? In addition to the yards receiving he had in the in the preseason, it seems to be it seems to be a um, a recurring thing now. Our, our, our buddy Chuck Harris points out to me that Andy Isabella, as recently as March, he asked the Cardinals for a trade, and the t- team gave him permission to seek a trade. But, okay. I'm just saying. Which I don't think that possibility is off the table either. Oh, That's right. how good I think he played. What I, what I was going to say is that, like, yeah, you could ask to be traded, but if nobody wants to, I mean, <laughs> you have like one catch last year. and uh, That's, our, that's our, the disconnect here. That's our listener, th- Jeff E., asked, could it be as simple as that Kyler Murray just doesn't trust him? And that's why they haven't Would played you? much the last couple of years. I mean, with all due, due respect to what Andy Isabella has put on the field this training camp, we, we've seen this. We've seen the, the lack of spatial awareness, trying to locate balls over his shoulder, catching balls with his forearms and his chest, not being able to get off press coverage earlier in the year. I, I, I like the fact that he's, he's carrying some, some, some fire and something that resembles a chip on his shoulder. But like you said, Vinny, I don't think the Cardinals have just been ignoring this impact player that's been sitting there waiting for him. We drafted him in the second round. We'll show him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to show him how much we don't believe in him. <laughs> right. So, so he's, 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 he's got some bitterness to him. And so, so he's put together, he's strung together some performances in the preseason. I would, if I were Andy Isabella, I, I would wait to do this against real competition before I'm squawking a little bit on this. The other thing I thought was interesting about that that post game uh, media uh, access that he had Saturday was he kept referring to the kids of whom he is inspiring, mm-hmm. and I, I'd like to know more about that. Who are these kids? Why are you so inspired by them? I'm uh, just saying. I mean, because that's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, I mean, it could go back to his college days. I mean, he was a prolific receiver in college. I mean, the numbers he put up that last year at UMass were eye-popping. Mm-hmm. So I, it could be that. I mean, he mentioned Mayfield in, in that cut, too. Mayfield, Ohio is his, his hometown. Um, it's a good story. A, a guy that size. Um, to come from that school and still be around four years into your NFL career and right. a- ascend to a second-round pick. I'm sure there's lots of kids that are still inspired by Andy Isabella. Okay. He mentioned it a couple of different times, though, yeah. that that was now the driving force in his career, that he it, 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 that it, that's who he is serving. I, I just found his whole mentality and his attitude just, he was hot, running right. hot. So let's assume that he makes the team. First six weeks of the season. 
Your receivers are Brown, Moore, Green. We think Dorch is going to make the team. Antoine Wesley, Andy Isabella, six receivers. How much opportunity is he still going to get, even with Hopkins out? None. He's, he's probably not even going to be active on game days sometimes. Probably. And especially when Hopkins comes back. So he's even if he makes the team, he's not going to get hardly any opportunity. He's sort of redundant to Rondell Moore and now Hollywood oh, Brown. Yeah. Well, I'll disagree. I would have said yes before this preseason. But what we didn't see a lot from Rondale Moore last year was the Cardinals using him in field-stretching situations. Yeah. Get vertical. Well, and that's the whole thing. And it's, Andy Isabella got vertical. But we don't know that they're not going to use him because they haven't well, played any of their actual stars. True. We don't, we don't know how they're going to use Rondale Moore this year. Yeah, and, and part of the root of the disappointment, as is, is I've been informed here, is, is that decision to try to make Andy Isabella a slot receiver, which was a position he's never played. And Gamble is right in one of those, one of those promos that plays recently. I don't know any team that messes around and gets guys positions wrong more than the Cardinals. It's it's certainly it's, a theme. It's happened. It's happened a lot. So there's so there's a lot of anger in Andy Isabella, and so so maybe they will be able to trade him. Maybe what he put on the field on Saturday was enough to convince somebody to maybe. not call the Cardinals bluff and actually trade for him. Yeah, be interesting. More like angry Isabella. Am I right? Oh, I like it. <laughs> Coming up next, you need playmakers to win in the NFL. So how are the Cardinals set up in that category for 2022? We'll explore next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Now I feel like I got a plethora of guys that you know. If it's tough, I feel like it'd be tough to go man against us, um, just because of the weapons that we have. But if they decide to, then that's why you know that's why I get paid to do my job. So Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals quarterback, earlier this summer that was from August 16th, two weeks ago today, talking about how uh, tough he feels it could be for opposing defenses to go against them in a in a man scenario. Uh, we shall see. I, I think right now. If you polled everybody with an interest in the Cardinals who follows this football team, if you asked them to rate their confidence in the offense and their confidence in the defense, mm-hmm. the confidence in the offense would be the overwhelming favorite. Undoubtedly. Uh, uh, because of It Kyle might be Murray. like one of Jared's poll questions. Yeah, it might be like 99.1% right. or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. And it's it's one of the big mysteries of this offseason, um, the di- dichotomy, to, to, to have something that looks so potent on offense, even without DeAndre Hopkins at the start, and to have something that looks so tenuous defensively, and to have all this money sitting there, yet not using it. Like you said earlier, you have to assume they have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so this goes, we always talk about playmakers. I, I think the Cardinals do have playmakers, and a lot of potential playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, but ESPN... Kind of uh, against what NFL Network did with their list of the top 100 players as voted on by the players, ESPN released their top 100 list projecting who those players will be for the year 2022. Of the top 100, the Cardinals only had three. Mm -hmm. And nobody ranked higher than 54. No. And that was Kyler Murray. And if playmakers are currency in the NFL, and these are the, and again, they're just projections. 
But right now, the projection is not a very pretty one because you've got Kyler no. Murray at 54, DeAndre Hopkins at 96, and of course, his projection is factored by the fact that he's going to miss six games. And then only one guy on the defensive side of the ball, Buda Baker at 66. I, I found that pretty, pretty interesting because they had... Kyler Murray rated in the same study last year, 21st mm-hmm. going into the into the year. Right. They project his numbers to be better than they've ever been mm-hmm. passing the football, yet he fell from 21 to 54 this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you can make an argument that he is underrated, that he's underappreciated, that he deserves to be higher up on that list, but you also have to factor in that playoff performance and then and losing 5 of the last 6. That's all part of it. Yeah. And, and other guys, maybe that they have now ranked ahead of them, that they just feel well. I, I, and I think you, you can quibble over 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 slots and what he deserves. I think the larger the larger issue is of the Cardinals short on impact players. That's the big question because the Rams have tons of guys. They've got three guys in the top ten. They've got the Forty ers have got a whole gaggle of guys. Who I mean, are not in their division. The Chargers had eight of the top one hundred. Yeah, They're loaded, at, right? So, and, and again, the Cardinals are expecting a lot of these guys to show up that are not on that list. Guys like Isaiah Simmons and um, others. Uh, and and so there's a, it just feels to me like there's a lot of hoping going on. Um, Jeff Gladney was brought in and he was given a starting job it, despite a checkered history in the NFL. There was real no foundation of success that said this guy will be able to be an elite cover corner for the Arizona Cardinals, but they committed to that. His tragic death came three months ago. So they've had – Steve Kimes had a ton of time to be able to address the shortage, and it hasn't happened yet. So uh, so my thinking is when cut-down day ends and the numbers of 864 players, whatever it is, the market's going to be flooded with guys looking for jobs. It's, it's dumpster diving is effectively what it is. And But but there should be some candidates that can be brought in here. Tony I would Jefferson. He's bring a safety. Why would why do you uh, want to bring in a safety? Let in? him play corner. We need cornerbacks, Jarrett. <laughs> Thank God, Jarrett's Come on, not Jarrett. the, the GM. Yeah. Oh, would that be a disaster? Uh, look, and and last year hey, they had some success I picking from <laughs> picking from the bargain bin. Uh huh. I mean, Antonio Hamilton, a guy who's shrouded in in, in doubt and, and mystery right now, but he was one of those guys that was brought in during the course of the season mm-hmm. and actually played his way onto the field. They had, they had Rasul, Rasul Douglas, Douglas yeah, and he right. went to Green Bay and had a very impactful season. So you can find those guys. A lot of it's lightning in a bottle. A lot of it's luck. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um, but for as bleak as it looks right now, you, you can't find lightning in a bottle, though, unless you actually bring some dudes in. They've had guys like Devondre Campbell, Hassan Reddick, who flashed but just were deemed too expensive. And yet the team went and paid uh, enormously for J.J. Watt. Which are, and you're getting a lot with J.J. Watt. You're getting a lot of PR as well. So but, didn't but make I, the top 100. Didn't right? Exactly. Exactly. Not anymore. Exactly. And so I think that's what the Cardinals are counting on. They're counting on Isaiah Simmons. To, to, so if, if they redid this list in mid-December, the Cardinals are effectively banking on Isaiah Simmons cracking that list, J.J. Watt getting back into that list. Maybe Jalen By- Thompson. Byron maybe, Murphy. Exactly. Maybe taking yeah, the next right. step. Yeah, Jalen Thompson, Byron Murphy. They're probably expecting... Um, um, th- 13 to 15 sacks from any combination of Victor DiMukeG, Buda Baker coming off the edge, Isaiah Simmons blitzing, Marcus Golden a little bit of Dennis the Barbarian, right? <laughs> 
So, but so, but again, it's a lot of hoping. It's a lot of hoping here. Yeah. Um, so let's hope you, you can't find lightning in a bottle if you don't start collecting bottles. <laughs> Get out there with the kite and the lightning storm. Tie the key to the string That's and really let's go. Funny. Um, <laughs> Get a bunch of empty bottles because you're not going to catch lightning if you don't. <laughs> that might be the funniest naturally organic thing you've said. Instead of that stupid schlocky humor you throw on us. Wait a minute. <laughs> stupid dad jokes. Why does every and Andy compliment looks over like this and Adam Silver looks like that. Have you seen I, this guy? Just, <laughs> I need to cut his mic off after he compliments because they always devolve into an insult yeah, by right, the end of it. Right. Like, yeah, Come on. Kind of does. At least I'm consistent. Uh, there were five teams <laughs> in that ESPN piece that did not have one player in the top 100 for this year. Can you name those teams? It's pop quiz time. Uh, the Houston Texans? Nope. They were not one of them. Oh. Detroit? Detroit is one. <laughs> despite the fact that everybody loves the Detroit Lions now. Yeah. Well, not everybody loves the Lions. We'll get into that a little bit later on. The Bears. Uh, the Bears, no. Oh, really? Yeah. Boy, I don't know then. It's the uh, the Lions, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Jets, and the Patriots. Ooh, the Patriots. The Patriots don't Whoa. have a top 100 Whoa. player. Whoa. Wait a minute. That? Hold on a second here. What did you just say? That's The crazy. Patriots don't have a top, top 100, 100 player? Nope. They don't have a single one? Nope. It's the Patriot way, Bix. <laughs> <laughs> the team is bigger than the individual. Yeah, that is true. That's cr- that's pretty wild. It's wild. Wow, the that, Jaguars that also my tracks. Jaguars spent a lot of money to not have anybody in the top 100. Yeah, but would you call Christian Kirk like a top 100 no. player right now? I mean, he could be. He Trevor could be. Lawrence could be. Oh, he, I think he will be in the next couple of yeah. years, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up next, we'll hit the big stories of the day. Sarah will take us through the Rush Hour reboot. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Can I get a woot woot for the reboot? Whoa. Uh, uh. Hey, everyone. Welcome into Bickley and Murata Mornings. It is the Rush Hour Reboot. Reboot. We do it every single day at 730 here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I am Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. It's Murata. Too long, Adele. Gorgeous. <laughs> and Jared Carlin. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? Where's the hammer? <laughs> Stop the hammering. That's me looking for my husband. Where's the hammer? <laughs> oh, was that his nickname? The hammer. Jordan the hammer. No. Ham. <laughs> if he All was right. a hockey player, his name would be uh, Hammer. Oh, 100%. Or maybe or even a soccer. You know, got to give credit <laughs> to Hammer. He just went out and worked hard. The Hammer. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, let's start in the NFL. It is cut down day. Uh, so by 1 o'clock Arizona time. This afternoon, all 32 teams will need to be down to 53 on their roster. The Cardinals announced three cuts yesterday. Corner Josh Jackson, O-lineman Coda Martin, and linebacker Joe Walker. There are also four names out there that are not official but have been reported by various reporters. Devon Kennard, Chandler Wooten, which came down this morning from Ian Rappaport, Andre Bocelli, and Jace Whitaker. So in that group, 
two corners cut, Jace Whitaker and Josh Jackson, from what we've established is already a very thin position group, 90s supermodel thin position group. <laughs> Kate Moss then. Kate Moss then, for real. And then Antonio Hamilton with a mysterious injury situation that Cliff Kingsbury is not yet required to disclose. So Linda Evangelista. <laughs> uh, Tyra Banks. Although she kind of broke the mold. Karen Carpenter. <laughs> Too soon. Oh, boy. oh, wow. I just don't remember her as a supermodel. No, me neither. <laughs> oh, but I love her. I, 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 I listen to her all the time. Let's let's get back to the Valley Zone supermodel, Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, he is. Here he is talking about Antonio Hamilton after the Cardinals' final preseason game over the weekend. We got to see what's what's out there, I think. Um, Ham, that was an unexpected uh, situation and, um, you know, made, makes the numbers look really thin uh, looking at week one, possibly. So uh, we'll see how everything plays out over the next couple of days, and, and, and I'm sure we will be um, looking heavily to see what's out there. <laughs> Translation, oh my gosh, we need, need yeah. to sign someone. Please go find someone out there. So, cornerback aside, guys, is there a position or position group that you would like to see the Cardinals prioritize once cut players become available to sign again. I mean, I think there's still some lingering concern about pass rush, edge rusher, but they believe in those young guys and Demu Keiji and, and MyJ Sanders and and others. So, uh, uh, no, to me, it's, it's right now it's all about the cornerback spot. Yeah, I, I think that if you're talking about guys like uh, maybe Chandler Wooten and Keontae Ingram, maybe they're hoping they can cut and then re-sign and practice squad them. Yeah. That's probably what they're thinking with him. Hoping they clear away. He flashed a little bit, but again, it's you're going against twos and threes and it just everything we know about preseason football is that it's it's folly to really take any, make any conclusions about anything sure. or anybody. <laughs> got got some sad uh, cut news. The Browns have cut Josh Rosen. Is that real? Yeah. Stunning. Oh. He's now going to be on his way to his seventh team in five years. If pretty Maybe soon, pretty soon, nine mistakes is going to be taking a different nine kind of meaning. That seventh oh, team no. is going to be the Pittsburgh Maulers of the USFL. Oh. I think. The, the XFL. He'll be the face of the XFL next year. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Oh man. Uh, Things well, have not gone well for Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yeah, we'll get to. All uh, he needs is a chance. <laughs> The man's been holding him down. Him and Andy Isabella. <laughs> oh, boy. We will get to uh, that was another. the same draft, huh? <laughs> NFL quarterback in a moment. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it was it the wasn't. next year. He was. Yeah. They were traded for each other, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's stick with the Cardinals for a second, though. Um, at this point, guys, who would you be more surprised to see cut by the Cardinals today? Daryl Williams or Andy Isabella? Ooh. Daryl Williams reportedly a potential cut out there. Hasn't happened yet, though. More su- I think I would be more surprised by Andy Isabella, quite honestly. Yeah, I think so. I think that's my answer, too. I, it's a, that's a good question, though. I, I can probably make arguments for both. Okay. Yeah, the perception around Andy Isabella is changing from this uh, preseason. All right, let's go to the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo 
staying in San Francisco. We spent the entire offseason wondering where he was going to go next, linking him to a bunch of different teams. And it turns out he is staying with his own team, the Niners, on a restructured deal. So he will be the best paid backup in the league behind Trey Lance, who was drafted last year to replace Jimmy G. Now, despite um, what I assume would be an unsettling start for Trey Lance for 49ers fans in their final preseason game last week, ESPN's Dan Graziano says keeping Jimmy Garoppolo is not about a lack of trust in Trey Lance. I don't think that's the primary motivation. I, I think if they found a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo that they had liked, they would have done it, regardless of Trey Lance and how he's done this offseason. I do not think they went and said, oh, Trey Lance had a rough go of it this camp, so we need to hold on to Jimmy. If that had been the case, Jimmy probably would have had more leverage than be able to get just six and a half million. So I don't think so. But if they are having any doubts, this gives them a better fallback option than Nate Sudfeld, Brock Purdy, which are the other two quarterbacks on our roster. Arizona's own Brock Purdy. Who makes more starts in San Francisco this season? Trey Lance or Jimmy G? Jimmy G. Jimmy G. <laughs> yeah, I think Not that's... Not even close? No, I, well, I mean, it might be close, but I think that's that's really the lesson of, of yesterday's news is that I think the 49ers know Trey Lance is not ready to do this. Mm-hmm. And and so they, I, I mean, this is really a remarkable thing they are doing, knowing how dangerous this might be in the locker room. Yeah. Ugh. Uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm saying Jimmy G take over week five at Carolina. Okay. And go the rest of the season that way? Until he gets hurt. Who are they playing in week two, Vinny? Uh, They got at Chicago versus Seattle at Denver, then home against the Rams. So once Aaron Donald gets to Trey Lance, <laughs> if they it's Jimmy G time, if they lose that Seattle game because you had mentioned, doesn't see it. Did somebody say Seattle always plays them tough? They, they, they play, they play they, them pretty tough. Yeah, you can throw all the records when the Seahawks play <laughs> the 49ers. Simply don't like each other. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's quickly get to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Woo! It was an up and down night for the Snakes last night against the Phillies. They won. 13 to 7, but only after they started out in a seven run deficit uh, before the getting to the bottom of the fourth. It was also the much anticipated debut of Corbin Carroll. He had a two run double in the fifth in the middle of the Diamondbacks' historic rally. Carroll said post game that his debut went even better than he had expected. It felt good. I wasn't as nervous as I you know, thought I might be or was prepared for. Just, it, it felt comfortable. Um, I think, you know, playing with these guys before, playing at Chase before, I think all those are factors, and it was fun to live with. Very sweet. Comfy Corbin Carroll. <laughs> what was more significant to you guys last night? How comfortable Corbin Carroll looked in his first MLB game, or how disastrous Madison Bumgarner looked? Uh, more, how did you phrase it? More impactful? What was more significant more to significant? you? More uh, significant? Carol's debut. As we speculated before, um, Madison Bumgarner might be, might not be long for this season. Yeah, I don't know how they can put him out there again. He was basically throwing batting practice last night, and, and everybody knows that. They, 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 I think you mentioned the stat. The Phillies hit nine baseballs over 100 miles per hour against Madison and Bumgarner. And only one of them on the ground. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. So then what do they do with Madison Bumgarner? Well, what you, you shut him down, and you probably give him just the rest of the year off, and, and I, I, you're not going to be able to trade him, but you'll try. 
July, and then you bring him back next spring and you, you give it one last go and you see what you can do with it. Is he the opening day starter next no, year? No, no, that's done. That stretches over. That's done. All right. That's Zach Gallon. If Zach Gallon's healthy, that's his job from now until the foreseeable future. Until they can't pay him and have to trade him. Oh, damn, come on. We just had an optimistic call. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm going to bring that subject up a little bit later. Okay. Ooh. I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> oh, you know what it's oh, about. Oh, I think I do know. I think I do know. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. We're all rebooted. Rush Hour Reboot. Big stories of the day every morning at 730. Uh, coming up next, there is growing speculation. And um, it's getting kind of personal, too. Something going on with Tom Brady. We'll get into that. More NFL hash marks next. It's Bickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM. Arizona Sports Station. Quickly and Morata. Hash marks. Something is up, right? I mean, like, he didn't yeah. look or sound yeah. like himself in that news conference. If this was any other player, like, ever in any other sport, I'd be like, oh, boy, this guy's head's not in the right frame of mind to go into a season. We should be worried. <laughs> it's Tom Brady. So, like, he gets benefit of the doubt, right? So I, I think that's that's sort of the only hesitant. But, I mean, like, disappearing for a week and a half in the middle of training camp, retiring, unretiring, and now this, like, coming back this way and looking kind of like, looking and sounding kind of worn down by stuff that's going on with him off the field. I mean, you'd think he'd be relieved to be back, especially if something was going on with him off the field that was weighing on him, but he didn't sound that way. Sound like he's still dealing with it. Stan Graziano of ESPN kind of speculating and saying what others are kind of suggesting. We kind of hit on it yesterday a bit, Bick, that uh, Tom Brady didn't didn't seem like himself. No. Uh, whether it was physically or just the aura he was putting out that's there. A good, that's a great way of putting it. Um, it was really the first time when he seemed like it, it, that, the, that whole I'm 45 years old, it almost like he would just seem beaten and worn down by something. Generally, Tom Brady, whether out of just natural exuberance to, to be, you know, in a football surrounding or in his, in his effort to sell his fountain of youth company <laughs> he generally just projects nothing but just you know yeah. bliss and in control that was weird i i i literally watched that and aside from the diversion of how weird his face looked how contoured it was what, what's that word you put on that carlin contoured contoured how contorted <laughs> how contoured it looked contused uh, <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, I, I just felt the vibe that he put off was was almost like a guy who I would not be surprised if he heard he was retiring from the NFL. If he walks away from Tampa before wow. week one. I wouldn't be surprised. Really? I, I'm not predicting it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Yeah, that's on, what he looked like to he's me. He's pretty good at this football thing. He, he is pretty good him, at this football uh, thing. Take him long to learn, no, remember no. how to play. Rick Stroud, who covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times, also tweeted out, uh, the reason Tom Brady needed to step away is still unknown, uh, but doesn't appear resolved. That much was clear in his reflective post-game address. He's still tormented by something unrelated to football. Okay, that's so pretty ominous. It, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you you said something half joking that I think it might be at the root of all of this, and that is the need to keep playing at age forty five almost gets to the point of seeming pathological. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder if if his family isn't giving him some of that same smoke. Like, come on, Dad, what are you doing? 
When, when is this going to end? When when will enough be? I don't know, dude. I'm spitballing here, but there was something off about his body language and his whole vibe the other day. Now he played and a w- couple series in that game and appeared to be okay playing wise. I mean, the the numbers were decent. It's hard to hard to glean much from you know a couple series in the third preseason game right. for a guy that experienced. Right. But but he admitted it. He can do this in his sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's all, uh, sorry, go ahead, no, Sarah. If you're going to use the word tormented, not Tom Brady's word, but uh, Stroud's word. Thank you. Yeah. That's got to be a really serious, like family matter. Really, what else could it be? What, it what all else goes down to level? why did he retire in the first place, and why did he so quickly unretire after that? Yeah, there's reports right. now that said yeah. when he announced his retirement. And it was only like a 30-day thing, but it was like 12 days in where he was already expressing a desire to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gronked it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that's exactly right. But it's see here's here's kind of what I think might might be happening here. I've I've seen people speculate this that that his family's got no love for Tampa and if he could have pulled off Miami, that's an international city full of supermodels. That is that is that is Giselle's kind of hang. Mhm. Tampa is not, and no. I, and I think he and I think he wanted to get to Miami, and that got blocked by BA saying, "Okay, you know what? No, I'll just quit." And he got backed into a corner, and and now he's on a football team in a place he doesn't want to be, and and he can't come out and say it. So he's saying just the opposite. Because he's saying you, po- you pointed out, you dinged him seven times in fifty six seconds on that soundbite. You lied seven mm-hmm. times in in your mind. Mm-hmm. But what's he going to say? I know. I know. And so I just, uh, if his if his heart's not in it, he should just find a way to tap out. I mean, I would feel terrible for Todd Bowles that this thing all shook down like this. But that could open the door for Josh Rosen. <laughs> How about that, Jay? Have you ever seen Josh Rosen play? Been, he's already been on Tampa, right? So yeah. it wouldn't be a new, different <laughs> team. He's but they didn't let him on the sideline. Circling back right. Oh, that's they true. They let him in the seats. He's only been in the stands. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't felt the field. Uh, we made he reference. felt grass with, or whatever uh, with the Detroit Lions on Hard Knocks, mm-hmm. I said the phrase, everybody loves the Detroit Lions these days. Not everybody. No. Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, not very happy with head coach uh, Dan Campbell, although he didn't make reference to it, but Jerry Dulac from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette wrote about it. Um, there was the play where T.J. Hawkinson... Uh, it was TJ on TJ crime. TJ Hawkinson threw the cut black onto TJ uh, Watt and injured him. Now, he's supposed to be good for week one. It was not penalized. It's a legal play. We know that. But um, with the score 19-3, to the Lions scored a touchdown. They went for a two-point conversion. They missed it. Then with 30 seconds left in a 10-point game, in a preseason game with... Again, 30 seconds left in the whole preseason. Mm -hmm. He called an onside kick. The Lions recovered it. They threw three more passes. Still down 10, no chance to win the game. So apparently Tomlin was pretty irked by Dan Campbell. But you know what Dan Campbell's response probably would be? I don't care. We're doing us. Here's, I think this is a little bit over the top. And, and in watching, do you see episode three of Hard Knocks yet? I still haven't okay. seen it. Okay. When, when you watch it, I think you're going to get the same vibe that, that, that Dan Campbell. Remember when Mike Singletary took over as the 49ers and would not stop the rah rah? You remember how he drove them back to the facility after a game that one night, and players are like, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I think some of this is in danger of happening to Dan Campbell. When you watch episode three, he gets off on these speeches, 
and they're just they they're real motivating and uplifting at the beginning, but they go and go and go, and he just repeats and repeats the same theme. To me, when you start putting that much emotional stuff investment into a preseason game to the point where you're calling an onside kick. I, I, you're going to wear your team out. You're gonna, if things go bad in Detroit, this is going to yeah. get it, – that's the risk of it. I don't disagree with you, but is it different for a guy in Dan Campbell's spot who's trying to resurrect basically a franchise? They've been so downtrodden for so long that I, do you I have know. to plant the seed in the preseason game Maybe, just to know what but, winning feels like? But I just, Although I, I think they the finished – didn't they finish 0-3? <laughs> so the seed has no, been they, planted. It just hasn't been watered. They won the second game. Did they, they? They won the second game. And it was like the biggest relief in the world. That's You'll see that in episode three. You'll see the post-game message he delivered to the team after that victory in the postseason. It is way too over the top. Way too over the top. That's right. They, they beat the, the Colts by one point. You yeah. know how players will be yeah. if they just keep losing and he keeps oh, up this shtick. Yeah. They'll yeah. just be like... He's going to be like fifth grade. Ray Danny Bickley. When there's a will, there's a way. Except with expletives. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's a bleeping will, there's, there's a, a bleeping, bleeping way. way. All right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's this is to me. It's uh, there's a fine line here, and this is that. This is where I'll give Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Cl- Cl- this is where I'll give Cliff Kingsbury. Cl- Cl- this is where I'll give him credit because he he doesn't go in that lane at all. Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> we got a new one. Yeah, I got a new one now. Barkley doing we it. Got a new one. <laughs> I didn't even realize Charles did that. Cliff Kingsbury. Was that last week with us? Yes. Yeah, oh us. wow! Thanks, Charles. Jared got a brand new toy to play with. <laughs> Kingsbury. Kingsbury. <laughs> Coming up next, we've hit the uh, midway point of the Tuesday show. Big's got the blast straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station.